Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Bughead Podcast. Before we get started with this interview, I just want to let everybody know that we do have patches for sale. I'll throw the link for them down in the description. Every patch purchase gets you access to the Discord server. So, uh, go buy one. Tuesday. Yes. Terrific Tuesday. Can you all just uh, introduce yourself real quick and tell me what you do in the band? I'm Mark. I'm the singer. I'm Nolan. I'm the guitarist. I'm Pookie. I'm the bassist. I'm Jack. Hellhammers, also known as drums. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sick. So we're here in uh, at a basement known as Upside Records. Can you guys tell me what that is and what your well, it is? It's a little like collective label that I started probably like give or take six years ago and uh you know it's developed into what you see here is a record very messy recording studio uh we make a lot of noise we make a lot of metal and punk uh grindcore uh it's kind of like one of those labels that's very incestuous for lack of a better term everybody's playing in everybody's bands very reminiscent of like i don't know how jazz bands used to make records where everyone's like kind of helping each other out so it's the soul of upside i guess is very tight-knit circle everybody helps each other all right so I did a re-listen of your discography real quick before I came here. I noticed that the recording on Essence of Life Devoured was a lot more raw than on some of your previous work. Was that on purpose or yeah, did you just break the recorder? I just kind of like, uh, we didn't have a lot of time. It was kind of more like a demo um, where we're recording it. That's sick. I did like the, uh, the, like the raw kind of low fidelity nature of it it definitely gave it kind of a atmospheric yeah, feeling that was because of the recording was really like rushed i was kind of hungover. are you guys working on a project right now it's going to be part of or is it just a single yeah we're going to be releasing a split with five and a half rats which is another western metal band that we're both in and um uh, the necrolent side of it will have like a an updated version of essence life devoured at the end of it that's sick. So, uh, what goes into, like, preparing a live show for Necrolent? I, I saw you guys live in Salem pretty recently, and, uh, Mark, you were crawled up in the, in the, in the floor keening the entire time. Can we do a lot of magic. That was really sick. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, uh, the bands that I play in have, like, magical ritualistic tendencies or aspects of our uh, live performances and uh, Necrolin is definitely one of them. Necrolin, specifically that show we did a, um, it's kind of like an individuation type thing between like, I don't know, we had a lot of symbol, masculine and feminine symbols kind of like balancing each other out and it's hard to explain but uh definitely a intense ritual i think that uh that brings a lot to the show it would be one thing if you guys were just playing that would be sick but you guys definitely bring like a lot of theatrics yeah i've always liked bands like that that go farther than just going up and playing the music like to bring more of a show and more of a feeling to it and something like to make it more of an experience for the audience and for the musicians it raises a lot of questions though i find that we did two shows recently where we did 
two different rituals because they were back to back. And one of them was a darker ritual and the other one was supposed to be like light. And I, the first night, because it was, I was doing a lot of it. The first night, a lot of people had asked me like what I had done because I'd made them feel a certain type of way and like just brought out like more intense of a feeling than they normally felt. Um, and a lot of people complimented us for that because it's, I mean, you see a lot of people doing magic and it's just kind of like witch talk and no hate to that, but not as in depth as a lot of like our magic and necrolymp goes. So I got a lot of questions about it and it was nice I got to actually like explain to people because normally we do stuff and people just see it as like part of our image, but I think that made a lot of people realize that we're pretty deep into magic and it's not just for the appearance. And I can I could speak to those people in the audience that don't really know the ways of magic and occultism because I'm not a practitioner of magic or occultism. But there was something in the air that night. You could tell. That was a that was a really good one. That was sick. And like even even if you guys weren't as serious about it as you are, that just having that like second level having some lore behind the band uh definitely piques people's interest more than just having music like you could have the best music on earth but if people you need a little bit of like a a story behind it yeah for it to uh really click with people i'm surprised less people asked about the spine not many people maybe they didn't have the the balls to ask about. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we did a couple <laughs> shows recently where we had a full deer spine right at the front of the stage tied to a mic stand. How'd you get the deer spine? I found it rotting on the street. Did you clean it off or did you just... <laughs> no. <laughs> Fuck out. No, I just tied it to the thing and covered it in salt like a mummy. It's part of the ritual. Alright. It, it kind of fell right into our laps though. So I, I don't know. It's gone now. Rest in peace the deer spine. Rest in peace... <laughs> Should have like kept it, put it up as a uh, a mantelpiece. Yeah, it's it was it smelled like death. <laughs> I don't know it. if you noticed, but like as soon as I pulled the it out, yeah. everyone kind of backed up. I was like, oh. <laughs> uh. I could I didn't see you pull it off, but I knew you pulled the tarp it was, off of it because I could right smell it. It was right when you screamed. Oh yeah, I'm sure you could smell it. Yeah, I, I could I could smell it. I couldn't Tasty get that smell snack. out of my nose for, like, fucking days. I could smell it for, like, the whole rest of the night, and I was like, ugh. You guys uh, also incorporate throwing blood at your audience. <laughs> uh, do you guys have, like, a secret fake blood recipe, or is that just real? No, it's the blood of my enemies. Blood of your enemies? What's your main way of extracting the blood of your enemies? You got a weapon of choice? Hmm. Machete. Machetes? Prolonged torture. Prolonged torture. Oh You're not supposed to be telling people. No. Ah, sorry. You're like snitching on yourself. It's I know. Kinda, you're gonna get in trouble. Oh, that's unfortunate. So, uh, for most people, black metal isn't that easy of a genre to get into. Do you guys have like an introduction, a band that got you into the genre that you... Want to talk about? Absolutely. You're, so, you're excited. <laughs> yes. This is, this is where I shine. Metal talk. But, uh... Fuck yeah. I... The first time I heard the debut Bathory album, I put it on, I was like, wow, this kind of sounds like Motorhead. And I loved Motorhead at the time. I loved thrash metal at the time. It was around when I was 13, 14. But, yeah, I heard that first Bathory album, and I... It sounded like Motorhead, but there, there's something there. It's atmosphere. And that's the important thing about black metal, is atmosphere. And you can still rock and roll and keep atmosphere. And Nolan does a great job at making atmospheric rock and roll in black metal. That's my story. Like, <laughs> yeah, kind of similar. Like, I kind of went the natural progression of, like, um, like thrash and death metal and stuff into, like, first wave black metal, like uh, Bathory and Venom and all that, and then discovered all the classic, like, Norwegian stuff, like Mayhem and Dark Throne and all that. And then just got um, more extreme as it went on. But those are kind of the bands that usually you'll discover first and get into first. Yeah, a lot of people know this about me, but some people obviously might not. But uh, 
my dad was into death metal and black metal in the 90s. He was in scenes around here. He actually used to party down here, have shows down in these hallways and shit, fill these hallways with people back in the 90s. So uh, I've always really been into, I mean, maybe not into it, but I've always been around death and black metal. So I kind of grew up on that. Punk too, especially. My mom was into punk and grunge, but goth stuff. You've been in a couple hardcore bands, right? Uh, more metal bands. I've been in a lot of metal bands. A lot of I noise acts. I forget what the band was called, but I remember the first time I met you was at a show at the uh, at the bridge. Yeah, I played a bunch in a bunch of <coughs> bands. I'm, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of hardcore though. Personally, I kind of just fell into there at some point after COVID. I'm I'm more focused on you know metal. A noise, it's my passion, like creating uh, atmosphere, really, that's like, noise and black metal for me are what do that, and, and classical music, you know, I've, I've played piano my whole life, so I think that's where that comes from. You don't see many people in these, in the scenes like this shouting out classical music as an influence that's a no but that's definitely like where i get a lot of my personal like fucking abigor for example that band from fucking who knows where they're probably from all over the place they, they uh very classically influenced a lot of black metal it is it all comes from like chopin's funeral march and uh I mean, the list goes on. It's uh, Music is not original. No music is original. But I think that uh, Zaster and Full of Hell and uh, I hate to say it, but obviously Mayhem are like big first bands for me when it comes to black metal. Uh, Full of Hell is obviously you know, grindcore stuff, but I don't really see a difference between grindcore and black metal. It's all garbage. Yeah, <laughs> I think putting like it, the genre terms are always good for like sorting your taste out, but I feel like when making music, you kind of have to mm -hmm. throw them to the side and just like take everything from everything you like to make something that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. As you said, nothing's new, but like you can still find new combinations of things mm -hmm. to uh, throw out there. Just make whatever feels right, man. Stuff that's art. You can staple money to your chest and call it art and get famous on TikTok. You know, it's like, just do what makes you happy. <laughs> what happened? Why, why was the boy sad? I don't. Why was the boy sad? Because he had a frog stapled to his face. That's that would make me sad if I had a frog <laughs> stapled to his face. I feel bad for the frog. I remember my brother. <laughs> <laughs> when my brother was a little kid, he found a frog, and he wanted to have, like, fun with the frog, so we started throwing it down, like, the slide in our backyard over and over again, and it died. Oh. And, like, my mom yelled at him, and that's been, like, a striking memory in my brother. <laughs> I had, like, a weird amount of frog stories. Remember we had, like, a shitty little inflatable, like, out-of-ground pool that we put chlorine in, and a frog jumped in, and all its skin melted off, and we found it the next day. Oh, my God. At my 10th birthday party. Oh, no! Dude, when I was like 10 or 11, people who will remain unnamed in my neighborhood one time slit a frog's throat open and put a bunch of fireworks in it and then threw it up in the air and blew it up. You see, like, I... <laughs> True story. I, I was not one of those people. But... I very luckily don't have any stories of, like, <laughs> frogs being destroyed, but I feel like everybody has, like, one fucked up frog story where, like, they were too young to really understand what they were doing and, like, shot it with a BB gun mm -hmm. or something like that. I don't have a fucked up I, frog I story. I do. Okay, what's your fucked up <laughs> frog story? Come on. Well, so my brother was ding-dong ditching my neighbors. Yeah. And <laughs> when they ran away, they stepped on a frog. And the frog was my favorite animal as a child, for sure, bar none. And I, I weeped. <laughs> I weeped for the frog that my brother stepped on in the ding-dong ditch. And he lost his shoe on the way out of the ding-dong ditch, so he got caught. And then he had to 
my mom made him write a letter to the people that he ding dong ditched. To the frog. Yeah, that that, was, <laughs> that is that is one of the frog stories. I think the apology needs to go to the frog. Yeah, like, yeah I, I, nothing. I I agree. Oh my I agree. god, I cannot say I have any fucked up frog stories. I have a fucked up betta fish story. Does that count? Yes, that counts. Yeah. Okay, when I was like, I don't even know how old I was, like four or five. I really wanted a betta fish. And so my dad bought me one, and I didn't have a, a, you know, naturally I didn't think to get a home for it before getting a betta fish. So I had this tiny, like, vase, like, flower vase, like, tiny, that I put this betta fish in. And then I, like, accidentally, <laughs> this whole thing is a nightmare. I accidentally dumped in the full, like, bottle of fish food in it, and then didn't try to <laughs> get the fish food out. All the Actually, I just left it all in there. So the betta fish ate, like pretty much all of the food that was in there and I found it the next day and it was like floating at the top and it was like super like fat and pudgy and I was like oh my god I'm a monster and then I threw it in my backyard and didn't tell anyone because I was afraid that I was gonna get yelled at for You're it. evil. <laughs> well, fish are treated so poorly in fact they're putting those in like know. tiny containers oh, with yeah. no air. Yeah. Like they can live in that like that but they're not but no friends. Food. Yeah. So lonely, no, beta like, fish don't. Existence. Beta fish don't have friends because they kill their friends. Yeah. yeah. Like they, they're fine they're like being us. solitary. It's just as like <laughs> tiny little fucking. They put them in the the cuff you spit into a, couple, a dentist. Yeah. A couple pebbles that you can play solitaire. Or something. Yeah, you play cats with themselves. You play wall ball. Poor beta fish. Alright, I'm gonna take a look in the hallway. I can't, like, I'm, I'm pretty new to this. I've been yeah. in the band for, like, September it was. So I can't, I can't, I can't really speak to the music. Nolan's the music guy, mainly. Mm-hmm. But I am a metal diehard. Yeah. I would ask Nolan about, like, how he first started Necro and his influences and everything, because it's an interesting story, and he started off by writing, like, absolutely everything, and, like, it was, like, the fourth on of... The core phone of Necromancer. The, the core, so you had like a uh, like an idea sheet before you started the the band. Uh, no, I think that just meant like wrote everything like the actual music for it. Oh, okay. Like, so um, you wrote like. Oh, you can hit the split. <laughs> yeah, I've written um, up until very recently. I wrote like every note and word of the Necromancer music, and um, um. On the first few albums, I played all the instruments and then marked the vocals. So, then we can talk about that a little bit. I really um, pressed him on letting me write some new lyrics for our new song. And I I have a lot of fun with our new song. You can find it on YouTube already. People are already posting videos of it and learning how to play it and shit. (laughs) We gotta drop that shit before (laughs) someone steals it. Yeah. We gotta drop it before the tour, for sure. I wanna drop it before Spectral Wound. Before Spectre. That might be tough. Late May. We're just gonna record really soon. Yeah, we gotta... I could record, like, tonight. If you were, like, let's set up a mic, I could record my whole split right now. Like, literally right now, I could do it. I mean... We'll worry about that later. (laughs) Do you want to, uh... Do you want to talk about, like, your process for writing music a little bit? Sure. Okay, I'll start by... The lyrics come from, uh... His hatred for the Catholic Church. Partly, yeah. Partly. <laughs> Some of them. I picked that up, but also from, like, uh, ever-aging and uh, developing philosophies of all of us, I think a lot of magic, especially, comes into play with some of our songs. Some of them are just fun or angry. But mm-hmm. some of our songs are like spells in themselves. Like Essence of Life Devoured, he wrote that one, but that's like a very powerful spell. Evil Star Upset, that's a powerful spell. It's, but it's one the one I wrote. He wrote all the words. I mean, uh, he wrote all the uh, instruments. 
Yeah, the music and stuff. Yeah, um, all the lyrics, except for the latest song, Evil Star Upset, were written by me, and it's mostly um, based on my like interests and practice in like uh, the occult, and then also like my... Disdain is a better word than hatred. Yeah, my disdain for several things, and my... Um, Church? Just... Like the church. Like yeah, you, church, for example. Did you grow up in the church? Or? Yeah, I grew up um, Catholic. I was sent to Catholic school as a kid and just, like, in that whole thing. And I, um, yeah, so sometimes I'll channel that kind of background into my music, and then it just probably influenced my um, views growing up. But I've been getting more philosophical with the lyrics and just um, incorporating more of, like, bigger views Um do you think the, the... you can sing more, too. Yeah. I think you... it'd be great to have, especially a lot of the stuff that, like, is deeper meanings to you. Yeah. I can I can feel it. Sometimes I feel like I'm channeling your inner self. Hmm. So, you're saying that, like, the, the lyrics are now starting to be more about, like, your philosophy and your change in philosophy. Um, do you but think also the, the alchemical process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the magic and the alchemical process. Yeah. Would you say the purpose of the band is changing, or do you think it's... Yes. Yes, for sure. Bro, it's it's maturing and it's developing. We've all been... Become very different people from being, like... Not from... Maybe a little bit from we were, being a necro. We were pretty but... damaged in 2020. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we went through a historical event together. Yeah, you uh, you put out an album during there. I actually wrote in my notes like, how was how was putting a a project out like during COVID in twenty twenty during like the the height of the pandemic. It's pretty easy when it was all him. Yeah, I was writing everything on my own, just like in my room, like fifteen during the whole pandemic, and then um, once things started to like be a little more lax with the um the regulations and stuff, we were able to hit the studio and record it. Yeah, he just reached out to me. It's not impossible, you know. You just gotta reach out, right time, right place, have demos. He sent me mad riffs. Started with a logo, actually. Yeah. You drew the logo first? I um, did. Yeah, Mark made the logo for me, and then we got in collaboration in that way, and then ended up, uh, when I decided that I want someone else to do the vocals, um, I put something out saying I was looking for somebody to do it, so Mark messaged me and said that they would do it, and also record the album and release it on Upside, so then that's when we started making plans to come in here and record um, a few months after that. Yeah. Alright. You do all the uh, the graphics for Upside, or at least a lot of them, right? For Upside, yeah. I mean, Austin from Mark Burden does a lot of them, too. He's a... Uh talented young man can't wait to see where that kid grows who he grows into you uh you definitely have like a shit what's the word I'm looking for like when I see a piece of art online or on Instagram when I'm scrolling like I immediately before I see like the Instagram tag distinct. it's distinct yeah I know it's you I know it's yours you definitely how long have you been drawn for I can't remember it's my whole life my Mercury is in Pisces. I'm the dreamer of dreams. Uh, so I, I think in pictures. Um, more recently getting into writing better. If you read a lot of my work, I mean, a lot of it's unpublished right now, but mm -hmm. you, you'll see in the near future. I have a book I wrote in COVID, uh, but a lot of my uh, expression is through art. So, a lot of those things I draw, I see in dreams, or in symbols, or in books, you know. Is there anything that, like, you, you struggle with when it comes to, like, putting words down? Or any, rec like, advice you can give to somebody who's trying to start writing, whether that's songs or... Draw from your dreams. Listen. Pay attention to the things around you. And, uh, feel. But don't try. Just I, do. You know, be in the moment. That's how writing works. You can't, you can't be like, I, I need to do this. I'm going to try to do this. You have to just kind of, like, embrace the moment. I, uh... 
I've put out very little of it, but I feel like when I'm trying to, like, write something, when, specifically in writing, it's when the, the words come to me, they're, like, the easiest, when it's the easiest to do. And I don't mean that in, like, a lazy sense. I mean that in, like, a, it's just coming out quick. Uh, it tends to come out as, like, the best stuff that I, I've written down. Whereas when, like, I sit down and, like, don't have an idea immediately present, it's, like, such a struggle and what comes out isn't even worth yeah, well, I have, I have a song coming out, a solo song, that's literally just me screaming, ah, fuck my eye, my eye, I got stung in the eye by a wasp, ah, fuck my eye, and it's that's all it is. That's a solo song? Yeah. Is that for, like, a, a noise project, or? Yeah, you could call it that. Hell that's yeah. coming out on my birthday. It's coming out that's, on my birthday? That's not Necrolent, though, that's that's the side of yeah. this interview. But what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say is, like, I actually got stung in the eye by a wasp that's recently. That's <laughs> And I was like, now I have to write a song about it. And that's all that, that's all that was. Yeah, it's a noise song. Oh, yeah. 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 I, was say about, was hmm? I was gonna say about uh, the lyrics and like, um, what are you saying, like sitting down and when it flows out like that. I found over time, um, like with writing lyrics, like I used to kind of just try to sit down and just come up with a bunch of cool sounding lines and like kind of put them together. Um, but like I found over the years that I really have to know what I'm writing about and have like a real intent that I'm something that I'm trying to express and then it will really come out and not just be like trying to improvise with it. And then, um, that's when I can really sit down and like write continuously and like things will actually make sense and come out. Uh, you guys are going on tour soon. Yeah, it's you in the works right now. Can you tell me a little right bit now. about this tour that's coming up? Yeah, we're um, planning a tour with Music, which is um, one of Mark's other projects, other bands. And uh, we're going to be hitting uh, like the whole uh, eastern into the southern part of the U.S. Going down to Texas. Texas? We're going to Texas and back. We're going yeah. down the coast, sort of, making like a U, coming back up. Really excited to play with Bloody Run in Philadelphia. Get Dangerous. It's going to be a lot of fun. Houston is where uh, Colin from Half Mast, Wichita Hangman, and now Music is from. So he's setting up. He set up one show down there, and we're like, fuck it, let's make a tour. Because we were planning to go on tour already, and it's like, it's just a straight shot down. Like, Adds, you know, another week to the tour, but fucking sending it. We, we're working on it. Alright, is this the furthest you guys have played away from Massachusetts? Or? Yes. I've been to Hawaii, but um, that was just solo stuff. I was on vacation, and a friend hooked me up to play some shows. It was very DIYs. Not, nothing crazy. Yeah, up until now. Shout out Ku from Hawaii. I love you. My homie. Necron hasn't played outside of New England yet, I believe. No, we have. Oh, not New England. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we've played out of state a handful of times. We, we mostly play around Mass, but this will be our first uh, like non-New England run. You guys are definitely keeping uh, black metal alive in Massachusetts. It's the goal. <laughs> I can't think of too many other like black metal bands that are... I can't. Shout out <laughs> to Beneath Purgatory. Beneath Purgatory. Yeah, shout out, shout out a couple good ones. Mark actually... Verdon. Mark Verdon. Shout out Mark Verdon. Number six album on Upside Records. <laughs> uh, Diva Car is amazing. Diva Car is amazing. Uh, Prayer Position. Oh, we're playing with Prayer Position with Spectral Wound soon. That show's going to be fucking insane. I don't know how they managed to get all three of those bands together, but it should be illegal. <laughs> yeah, we're opening for Canadian black metal or Spectra Wound at the Middle East in Cambridge on May 26th. It's going to be Spectral quite an honor. <laughs> That's pretty close to my birthday. I might have to yeah. go up to that. May 10th. You know, honestly, my birthday's never, May 17th. I never really listened to them before we got on the show, and now I've been listening to them every day. Spectra Wound? So good. Yeah, they're really Sad. good. Literally, it was my favorite album released in, was it 2021? Yeah. Better than Tumblr. Yes, fuck <laughs> <laughs> Favorite 
album, favorite black metal album released oh, in 2021, and then Nolan's like, do you know Spectral Wound? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, we just got an offer to play with them. You know Lost my mind. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, yes, we're playing. I don't even care, we're playing. You said Spectral Wound, and I thought it was, I thought it was Spectral Voice. And I was like, oh, I fucking love Spectral Voice. And I went and put on their record. And then I realized you said Spectral Wound. And I was like, oh, I gotta check that band out. Fucking hell, man. Yeah. Rip. Very good band. Can't wait. Everyone's raving about it. Everyone's freaking out. That's gonna be a special wound. Yeah. We're switching up a lot of stuff for that one. Yeah, we're gonna do a new set. Alright. You wanna spoil something about that set or? New songs. New songs? Yeah, that's all we're saying. It's all set for now, yeah. We might play a couple new ones before then. We, I mean, we've played Evil Star of Set a couple times. What's yeah. like, oops, sorry. That was a huge part of the ritual we were doing. Too. Yeah, that's a song that's going to be on the next release that um, isn't out yet. The split? So, yeah. It's out on YouTube, I guess. You can watch <laughs> the live videos. From <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like an unreleased track that's now leaked <laughs> on YouTube from the live sets, but it's going to be on the split. Yeah, I was just on YouTube and it, it got suggested to me. So now you guys get to play in like a much bigger area within the US. If you guys could like go play a show somewhere outside of the US, what would be a dream spot? Somewhere in Europe. What's that, Europe. What's that place that's like Oslo. Christian? Oslo, guys, Oslo. You gotta yeah. play Oslo, Norway, Amsterdam, yeah, fucking UK. We can play Fest in UK. I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna play at Hellfest or Walken, one of those. Walken. Yeah. Walken, Bloodstock. Take us there, please. Someone stumble on this podcast and take us there, please. Because we will literally murder someone to be on that. I'm gonna be. I'm playing Paris, so we can go down to the catacombs, get some cool pictures on the ground with all the um the well, we walls could, we have stones. We could go visit Maxine Ticardi. Yeah. I had a bunch of. I I went to Paris somewhat recently. I had a bunch of footage of the catacombs that I Ooh. lost on my hard drive. Fucking broke oh. recently. You gotta come back with us then and get some footage down. I will. I will. <laughs> uh, shout out the the um. Hard drive repair GoFundMe I have going right now. I'm gonna throw that down in the description so everybody <laughs> listening. Yeah, go, go give dollar. our friends money. <laughs> <laughs> or you can buy a patch on the uh, on bughead.org. Check it out. I meant to bring you guys some patches, but I was like rush, uh, rushing around today and just wasn't able to Rude. grab a handful. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll, buy I'll, I'll buy some on the website. Hell yeah! Oh, yeah. Thank you, dude. You're welcome. All right. Uh-oh. I'm out of notes. Uh, time to get creative. Yeah, time yeah. to get creative. Um, so you guys keep talking about how uh, a lot of what you do is Necrolin is casting magic, casting spells. Um, what, is the, what is the intention with these spells? Well, the alchemical process is four stages. Mm-hmm. And those four stages are represented by colors, black, white, yellow, and then red. Red being mercury, which, and so it's, it's basically black being death. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, like, like as in the death card. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, when you said mercury, I'll be thinking of that stupid Radio commercials. Like, don't throw mercury in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. No, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Don't throw mercury in the trash. Yeah, guys. Yeah, play with it in your hands as much as you can and use it to tan hats. So you go crazy. The the the, the idea is you want to like switch it between both hands while looking at it until yeah. it absorbs into your skin and there's none left. Or you could just eat it. <laughs> that's, that's that's too quick. That like you, know, too quick. you need to take your time with it, and enjoy the process, or it's not gonna give you superpowers. You definitely want the superpowers. That's the whole. That's the whole goal of the alchemical process. It's, just like just like drinking mercury out of the out of the thermometer. <laughs> that's fun and all, but it's just it's not a uh, doesn't achieve much. Yeah, it's just a nice little snack. 
Basically, it's like it's Just like, like the spine. Night, moon, mm-hmm. sun, Mercury, and if you can take control of those four things, Carl Jung says it's the process of individuation, which is like both a psychological thing and a magical thing, and you can use symbols and and uh, invocations and words and you know all of this flair, the light show, to to you know really manifest those things that you want out of Mercury, your magnum opus, or your philosopher's stone, you know? And then you can ascend to even higher, like, magic, you know? You got low magic, which is, like, demons and shit. And then you got high magic, which is, like, hard to explain, but for dummies, it's, like, improving yourself. And your soul, who you are, yeah. enlightened consciousness. Yeah, I guess overall the um, the intent or the goal was you say self development and progression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But equally as much so, you know, manifesting uh, a new record, for example, you know, like a, ma- a magnum opus in real life. So that should reflect the process that we're experiencing in ourselves you know it's it's a that's the goal for music too like that's the whole idea of this tour is that we're on this like process together we might as well make the tour together and like make the journey together it's a it's a big bonding process you know so it's a lot of work it's a lot of fucking work both the tour and the process of magic it's a sacrifice what goes on outside of the uh, the music that adds to this these magic spells Uh, a lot of research and a lot of um, it's hard to it's hard to explain a lot of dreaming really meditation meditation there's a lot of things you can look into that and there's a million different you know sects of religions and philosophies that use magic in their in their processes of reaching enlightenment the the goal is always the same though you know of a magnum opus or just magnum opus in general it's a a cult for a reason though kind of gotta look into it yourself nobody's gonna tell you what to do Except those like people on YouTube. <laughs> Do they know what they're talking about? Like or I mean, sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. sometimes they know what they're talking about. Other times they're just trying. The goal is to do it inside of yourself, and you can do that with people, like people you care about. It's 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 a lot of psychology. It's a lot of borderline religion. All right. Can tell you're like dying to just talk about bands you like. Yeah. Uh, do you guys want to go into some of your influences oh, when yeah, it comes sure. to, or what got you into playing whatever? Depressive black metal. Depressive black metal. I have I have mental illness. That uh, helps me a lot. I remember you said Zaster was one of your like introductions I to this fucking, round. I fucking love Zaster. I love Zaster so much, dude. Uh, That's like. We I I want to play shows with Zaster so bad, but does he, he play does shows? he does like folk stuff now. I know he's doing more, like, different genres, but I, does, he, folk. Does, he, does he ever perform? I thought he... I think he does, like... The things. occasional local show? Yeah, I have no idea, honestly. But I, I've seen videos of him playing with, like, two or three other people, all doing, like, acoustic stuff. It's really cool. Sounds a lot like his newest record. Not not why I love Zaster, but I would play with him if he were to do stuff like that. Cause I'm I'm definitely into, you know, more more of the folky side of like the black metal aesthetic because I think folk is another genre of music that has a lot of atmosphere. Yeah, I uh, a lot of the fo- I love a lot of the folkier black metal, but I feel like with some of that sometimes you gotta like watch out for it being oh yeah really nordic folky and then like yeah I'm not a fan of that stuff 
That's the, uh, that's the big issue with the genre, is, like, you gotta research every single artist that you're... So I like noise. Yeah. It's very queer. Yeah. I like the dangerous aspect of noise. That's always sick. Like, Hanatarash is, like, a huge influence yeah. for me. Yeah, yep. But that comes more into play in music than Necrolin. For Necrolin, I like, I really like Dissection. It's a huge, I remember when Nolan and I were working on the first record, we were talking a lot about dissection. I would throw dissection on the radio in between, or on the speakers in between, like, uh, recording parts, you know, when we're just hanging out. Yeah, dissection's one of the biggest influences musically, and then also um, their approach to what they were doing, and just that whole thing, like, uh, not necessarily the, the things they believed in, but more the way they believed in it, and the way that they put it into the music and live their lives. I want you guys to talk a lot louder now if that's gonna keep. Let's see. How are we I bet she does Austin. That's gotta be him, yeah. The blonde. Could, could be, it could be Colin, too. Uh, he's probably gonna stop. Alright. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> I will go tell him to fuck off, I swear. <laughs> if you want to. I All swear. Right. Yeah, don't <laughs> stop. <laughs> Alright, uh, I think you were next. Yeah, you were going. You were talking about your influences. Dissection. Yeah, I was talking about Dissection. Oh, oh dissection that one fucks. fucking Mayhem song. The the one demo, like, studio demo of Dead on Freezing Moon. That was the first DSPM song ever, and that's my shit. I don't really listen to Mayhem that much, but that fucking song, I play all the time. Hardest song ever. I gave away my Mayhem shirt last year. I threw in the Sabres bin. Oh, man. it was just like... Was it the shotgun suicide one? Yeah, it was the, the one that everybody has. Wait. Wait. The one with the shotgun suicide on no, it? No, the shotgun suicide shit. No, what am I talking about? <laughs> I had about? that shirt and I gave it to my best friend. <laughs> and he wears it to college still. Honestly, whoever got that shirt out of the Sabres uh, got a sick one because I also spilled bleach on it and it looked sick. What? So. I think I've seen that shirt at shows. The spilled bleach mayhem shirt. It wasn't that much. It was like a little splotch down at the bottom. So it wasn't the full, like, bleach job. But maybe maybe they were just like... <laughs> <laughs> More cowbell. <laughs> that could have been him or... or uh, That could have been Colin, too. Yeah. Uh, Alright, you guys got any, got any other ones? No one, go. What team? Yeah, uh, yeah, I can just list, like, bands that have influenced me and, like, um, some of my favorite bands, like, for black metal. Um, definitely Watain, Armageddon, and Dissection, those are the three big Swedish ones, but, um, Kraft, Behexen, Mayhem, um, yeah, Dark Throne a lot in the early days. Late yeah. Dark Throne for me. Circle of Wagons, Circle best of Dark Throne album. Circle of Wagons. <laughs> Late Dark Throne is the best. Emperor. The, the, all the clean singing in Emperor and Dark Throne is my shit. My shit. May or may not be in new songs. If I can it. convince him to let me do it more. <laughs> Sulfur Eon. Sulfur Aeon. The fucking clean singing in that band. Fucks. Fucks like Crowley. Fucks. <laughs> Fucks like Crowley. Oh, yeah. I just really like Typo Negative. Oh, Sorry, Mark. I love Typo Negative. Don't even play everything about it. I'm Five and a Half Rats is the band that we're doing the split with, and that's been like my band since I was twelve. Like it's it's gone through lots of changes with me, the genre, everything. All it's it's just Typo Negative worship. But like more metal, and I take I'm the type to take influence from literally everywhere, like typo negative, Squalorine, Mortician, like dissection. I'm big on dissection. It literally, just comes from everywhere. Like it's, lunar it's, blood. Shout out lunar blood. My wife's my my husband's. It's hard to put a genre down on what we play in Five Enough Rats. Yeah. I've I've given it some crazy names, like super long, unnecessary names. Just What's your one? Um, oh god, no one help me out here. Well, currently for Five Night Brats, uh, we'll call it Blackened Goth Metal. 
Oh yeah, black and gothic. That one's not as ridiculous. Yeah, There's like, before it was like experimental it's just gothic death, it's grunge. It's death metal. It's death metal. I'm convinced it's death metal. It sounds like Mortician. <laughs> but that was only... It, it's like, it's different depending on what song. Uh, I think probably the most ridiculous was uh, blackened experimental industrial grunge. <laughs> That's not a real thing. Yeah. That's it's not a real thing. Yeah. Oh, that's it's my side of the split. The splits are very interesting. We're doing it in a very strange way. I'll get more into that after. Um, but it reminds me of Harvest Manipulation a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. That was like my introduction to this scene. Um, but you, it's the split was written over a really long time. I've had the songs for a while, but like they've been worked on for almost two years now. So, like, they've, like, been changing and whatnot, and you can tell which songs I wrote, like, first, and, like, which ones the stayed more to the original riffing that I did for them, because they're very black metal and, like, sad-sounding, more goth-sounding, but then, like, the second song is, like, a pretty decent split between, like, death metal and, like, some kind of black and something, I don't even know, some kind of black metal, and then the third one is... Third one's also kind of interesting like that, but then like towards the end of the song, it gives like that classic mortician beat. Like, <laughs> it's got like the dum, chuggy dum, guitars. Dum 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 dum. <laughs> yeah, and then we get like the the is it pinch harmonics? Yeah. Death style pinch harmonics, but it, it's it's a very interesting journey. My side of the split's a little bit wild, while yours is. I'd more... call it death metal. I'd call it death metal. It's rock music. <laughs> it's rock and roll. It's all rock and roll. Yeah. It's extreme metal. Yeah. And then no. for uh, <laughs> for the Necrolin side of the split, people can expect like it is a very classic Necrolin sound. But I'd say musically and lyrically, it's like Temples of Ruin, but deeper and darker. I think it's more way depressive. more depressive. It's way yeah. more depressive. Yeah. Very dark. Yeah, it's um the ultimate progressive goal of Necrolin. I've always said was to go deeper and darker with each album. And to get to the the very heart of my uh, psyche and the heart of hell, as Voltaine would say. <laughs> yeah. Our split is the being... The bottom of the abyss. Yeah, excavating the abyss. Our split's being put out in a weird way. It's going to be two separate EPs, one under Necrolin and one under Five and a Half Rats. And they're going to have like different album covers, because it's, it's a painting that I'm doing. And yeah, it's but one... the vinyl's going to tie it all together. It's going to go all the yeah. way around, and it's going to be one disc... And it's gonna be A side, B side. Yeah, um, but the that's painting. Sick. Yeah, I'm that's, I'm hyped about it. The painting I so have cool. is like a long painting of like one. I won't give up actually what the painting is, but there's one side with like some like it's like a foresty type theme. It, I'll give that. It goes all all the way around, and there's a monster on it, for lack of a better term. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, so Keep that's it vague. Yeah, it's my like my part of it, and then there's another part with like an animal on it that like it's all one big painting but then like for when i release my ep on well they're gonna be released same, same day but like whatever um when we put it out like my part of it is gonna have like that half and then his part's gonna have the other half of it and then on the cds and like everything like that it's gonna be all together and like this the whole it'll be like the full split it'll be like the full story basically mm. so very very interesting way of doing it but I like it. It's been it's cooking. Fun. It's been cooking. Yeah. For a while yep. now. This is... I'm going to have to pick that up. Yeah, it's the longest anticipated release. It's, a, it's yeah. I mean, I've had my songs for almost two years. We've just been working on them and changing them. Because I, I do mostly the writing for it, but then he makes it actually good. <laughs> so I've had them for like two years, and we've been working on your songs for a while. We've, yeah, my we've songs only, have been... Uh, in the works for a while too. We've only, me and Jack have only like just started learning them within like recent months, I'd say. Yeah. Jack, how do you how do you go about writing your lyrics? My, like for a, your cur solo stuff? a cursed ordinance lyrics. So cursed ordinance lyrics are very far removed from any sort of uh, philosophy and uh, whatever. I sort of use all the heavy heavy metal cliches. Look up, put some. Obscure song names from 80s stuff, Tank, Witchfinder General, whatever, and 
just sort of used a lot of heavy metal cliches and whatnot. So very different philosophically from Necrolin or any other upside projects. It's a very, very different band from anything on this label. So I think it's a lot I think it's pretty close to like some of the punkier shit on the label. Yeah, like it's half mast, for example. Yep, yep, I would say it's close to half mast, but Cursed Ordinance is uh it's on relative hiatus. But yeah, it's not there there's black metal tracks in there, but I again, like Pooey said, I throw everything in there that I like. Traditional Doom Metal, a la Pentagram, Saint Vitus, Refinder General. The thrash stuff, more more punky thrash stuff, big thrash breaks, Sodom influenced. Um, just old fashioned traditional heavy metal, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, the best two bands ever were. But uh that's sort of irrelevant because that stuff's very uh that stuff is very just me. I like your album covers. I gotta be honest, I'm kind of an Iron Maiden hater. Yeah, no, so what? um I love, I love Judas Priest. I just I uh, I've never listened I, to Iron Maiden and like okay. thought it was it, yeah, no, Judas, that's, that's good. I would, I would say most people are, are Judas Priest haters and not yeah, Iron fans, so, but I, I'm like, traditional heavy metal is sort of a dead among the youth, but I fly the flag. Traditional <laughs> heavy metal. Flag high, my man. Yes, traditional heavy metal is my favorite incarnation of metal, it's the original incarnation of metal, but... That has very little to do with any of this, but I'm super nerd for no, all that stuff. No, it doesn't, because it plays a huge part in how you play drums. The way you play drums is so much different than the records. Yeah, I, so maybe I'll go into that now. So basically, I... How do you go about writing the drums? It's yeah. something I, I don't even know. Mm -hmm. So I, I'll sort of uh, preface this. I've only been in this band for a couple months. I was a, I was a fan before. I'd gone to the shows... And I was like, hell yeah, this this band's sick as hell. And then Nolan asked me to join, and I was super shocked because I was like, I can't play that shit. Whatever. That, was that after we did the more burden stuff? It was. Sort yeah, of, we met yeah. With Jack and started jamming with Jack because Pook and I play as live musicians in Mork Vernon. So then we started playing with them. We were looking for a new drummer, and I was like, Jack would be perfect for this. I said, yeah, yeah, and we both yeah. said it. I was, I was, I was. I'm taking credit for. That's what I Jack. love about this scene is we're all solo artists. We all have our own albums coming out separately and shit, but when we play live, we just fucking bring it together, you know, under whatever fucking name. It's usually Necrolent for us. Necrolent and Mork Verdon. Gonna combine all the names? Yeah, I was very hesitant. music too, you know, and then there's Judy. We're playing in Judy now. It's just so much, it's all like... Fucking Judy, man. Judy's fun. I love Judy. Judy's so much fun. But yeah, I was very hesitant to join Necrolin when Mark Mark called me and I was playing the drums in my basement, and uh, I was like, Mark, I can't do the like the death metal hyperblast thing. I I don't like that crap anyway. But <laughs> I was like, I can't play that. Mark's like, we don't do that. It's like the most we do is the the black metal blast beat, traditional blast. Okay. Yeah, and so I li I listened to some of the songs again. I knew them pretty well was, at the I time. At, I was at cafe that day uh -huh. when I called you I was, I was alone at a cafe mm -hmm. I think I might have been with Kate or or Will maybe mm -hmm. but I remember I was at Lulu's Bakery and Cafe in Worcester when I called you I was feeling real ambitious I was uh -huh. doing Bad Side Fest uh -huh. or no it was Mischief or something uh -huh. I can't remember I was doing some fest or something mm -hmm. and uh, I was making mad phone calls I was like you know what fuck it I'm gonna ask him mm hmm I called you. Yeah, I was, I was, I was. We were tossing around the idea, the three of us. Yeah. I was super shocked and very hesitant, and I knew it would be a rather big change, rather big commitment. So I waited a couple of days. I started playing the tracks. I was like, "Yeah, I think I can do this." And I was very attracted to it because, sort of, people always say in interviews, like so many metal bands I love, they're like, "Oh, when you're on tour, what do you listen to?" They're like, "Oh, we don't listen to metal because we're playing it all the time." I always thought that's that's ridiculous, but then as I've started to play in a black metal band, I don't listen to nearly as much black metal, and so I kind of understand. But so I was so attracted to Necrolin in the beginning because they did have the the, the stinks, yeah, the thrash aspect. So I'm like, okay, like I can't I can't play in a black metal band. It's just blasting the whole time. But 
Can't Nolan, play in another black metal yeah. game, so there has to be something else you like mm-hmm. about so it. There was considerable thrash influence, and Nolan likes a lot of the bands that people hate, like me. No one likes Kiss. No one likes Kiss. Van yeah. No one likes Van Halen. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I but yeah, hate Kiss. I was like, I also yeah. fucking hate Kiss. Fuck you guys. Nah. Listen, fuck listen, you. Listen, you like Kiss. Listen to Kiss deep tracks. That is early primitive metal. All right, rest. all right. I'll I, follow you on that. Early deep tracks. Yeah. So is, I, so is no, Jimi Hendrix though. Jimi Hendrix is early deep metal and noise. Uh, absolutely. You but know. people give Jimi Hendrix credit. <laughs> Kiss is a band that I don't like the music of them at all but for some reason i just can't bring myself to like hate them as a concept you know oh they're so saying? bad as a concept <laughs> it's so fucking funny it's it's all wrong it's it's you. but it's a yeah kiss kiss now is just a money machine but you yeah. listen to those of course, you yeah. listen to those 70s albums and there's some legit heavy riffs listen to watching you parasite black dime and there's heavy stuff in that man yeah. but yeah basically I, I decided I'll do it, and we did it. I liked that Nolan had thrash influence, and yeah, so that that was sort of sort of brought me to do it. And so, how do I write the Necrolith stuff? Yeah, this new stuff. How how do you go about like playing it? So Nolan gives me a basis of the beats, and I do my best. Structure. There's some there's some tough ones like for me to blast in three four took a good couple of rehearsals. It's tough whatnot. to go back and forth like that. Yeah, but I um, Nolan gives me the the basis for it, and I go with the basis. I'm a pretty primitive drummer. I like my metal primitive anyway, but uh, and Nolan definitely writes some non-primitive stuff. So it, it takes a little bit of adjusting, but I adjust. But yeah, Nolan gives me the basis, and I sort of jack it up, primitive it up, dumb it down, jack it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, on the first few albums, which this is why I thought um, originally that you'd be really good for the band, was like the first few albums, my drumming on on them like was pretty primitive because mm-hmm. like my drumming uh, abilities aren't as good as like most or a lot of drummers. Like it's not super technical or anything. It's mm-hmm. mostly just like skank skank, the one fill I ever did <laughs> every four measures or so. Was so, it? Yeah, so and then um yeah, so the drumming was pretty minimalistic on um a lot of the early material when I was doing the drums on the album. So like I thought Jack would be good for that because that's definitely his kind of drumming and mm-hmm. uh, like you said it's um what was the word you the used? stuff Talus wrote though. Primitive stuff yeah. Talus wrote it's definitely the hardest. Yeah, like if you listen to Essence of Life Devoured, that single Talus or old drummer um played on that and his drumming was very uh Insane. He's, insane. He's a jazz yeah. drummer. He's a jazz drummer. And like and a tech death drummer. Yeah, he can yeah. play like the entirety of that one Black Dahlia album and like he can play death and shit. He's crazy. It was it was very daunting. Shout out Hung, that's his new band. It was very daunting like playing after Talos because Mark said Talos is the best drummer in Massachusetts. And I'm like, dude, I, I, I only drum because I got it for my solo project. So it's definitely dumbed down and definitely like sounds like 1983 a lot more than but that's one of the things people love about our music is it's it's it like the old heads like that it brings them back mm-hmm. and the new heads like that it because a lot of the the newer black metal kids with the corpse paint and the tiktoks <laughs> they they don't know the old stuff uh-huh. they know the stuff like deaf heaven and uh-huh. You know the 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 more modern mm-hmm. myriads, yeah, as Fenritz would put it, yeah. You know, uh, I, so I uh, and this I I'm not. Let me formulate that sentence. Necrolip feels like one of the few black metal bands, and it's specifically because of the drumming. It feels like one of the few black metal bands that I could like show my dad. Uh-huh. That he'd like register it as like still being metal music yeah. to him. Interesting. Sort it's of a good yeah. compliment. Yeah, it keeps yeah. the metal in black metal. Yeah, <laughs> and not it's just keep black. the metal in fucking black metal. Yeah. Someone once oh told me his like stepdad or something described black metal as just really fast punk, and that it's not metal. But that guy's dad is a loser, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> or his his stepdad or whoever it was. Fucking fuck that guy. You can say thrash is just really fast punk. Yeah. That's a more touch, 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 touch. 
Yeah. Thrash is thrash, not punk. Really? Thrash has things in it that make it not punk. Yeah. Black, yeah. black metal is rooted in atmosphere. You know, yeah. like you can play, you can play any, you can play any sort of real metal and add atmosphere and call it black metal. To me, if you want to call Venom black metal, that's black metal. You know, like mm. Sodom, Obsessed by Cruelty, that's black metal. And the Sign of Evil, black metal. Endless Pain, Creator, that's black metal. There's atmosphere. You know, a lot of that atmosphere comes from... That's a hot take. Yeah, it is. But that's, that's definitely how I feel. Like You're going to get us a lot of hate now. Yeah. That's all right. But yeah, no, 80s... <laughs> 80s... 80, first wave black metal is a fitting is a fitting term because it was Kiss the first was wave of black metal. metal. But don't say first wave... Ghost is not metal. Ghost is not good. <laughs> Ghost is not metal. Ghost sucks. I don't care who, who, who will fight me on it. Ghost is not metal. My, uh... I'm not saying good or bad. I will. Ghost sucks. <laughs> Ghost has a couple good tunes that I really like. But they're not metal. I think uh, you and my girlfriend have like the same taste in music. Cause you shouted out typo negative and you said you hate ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Those are two opinions that she loves to espouse. It's, your girlfriend <laughs> sounds like a pretty cool person. <laughs> uh, Shout out back to um, Jack showing. It makes Necrolent so much more fun to play. Oh my god, did you guys put those candles up there? They were there when I got here. Were they on? Yeah. What? For context to anybody who can't see what we're looking at, there are two fake candles on the stage that are lit or turned on. <laughs> yeah, there's like dozens of them around here, but those are the only two that are on. So uh, we've been going for quite a while. Uh, do you guys have anything that you want to shout out or anything that you didn't get to say during the interview that you want to say? Yes. Come to a Necrolent show and I'll run into the pit and beat the shit out of you mid-song. <laughs> You're so yeah. fucking good. <laughs> you guys put on a show. Yeah. Absolutely. But don't stand at the front if you don't want to get covered in blood. Although we don't do it every time anymore, but people gotta, come up to me for blood. special. Yeah. Yeah. Special. Yeah, we're trying to... Walk up to me if you want me to put blood on you when I have it. That's yeah. what I have to say. And don't wear white. Well, we got the split. We don't have a date for the split, but we got the split coming out. I've, I've got a solo album coming out on my birthday. It's a, a split with Utter Scorn. Check out Utter Scorn. They're really good. Um, shout out Bloody Run from Pittsburgh. Shout out Ends Embrace. Uh, we love uh, Ends Embrace. Uh, hopefully we can play with them sooner than later. Uh, yeah, check us out on tour. We're going to Houston. I'll, I'll do some. I'll do my shout outs. Uh, shout. There's good. A lot of good bands in Massachusetts to shout out, or New England rather. High Command. If you're watching this, you probably know who High Command is. Uh, CX, great '80s speed metal. A lot of ah in it. It's great stuff. Um, the lousy. That's real dirty. Crusty thrash, lifeless dark, same sort of stuff. More in the light, epic doom metal from Connecticut. Uh, that's also great stuff. Beneath Purgatory, we've mentioned them before. Fucking amazing stuff. Fucking love Beneath Purgatory. Thrashing the black metal. Fucking day ones. You thrash listen to it and you'll be like, I know this is thrashing black metal. Thrashing blackened death. It sounds like if death fucked uh, Testament. And, uh, uh, fucking... Dark Throne. Dark Throne just, like, watched the whole time. <laughs> and then, uh... Dark Throne's cucking. They didn't even get some. Uh, oh. No, they didn't want to. They were just, they were the one that put, They're set into them cucking. They're the ones that were like, yeah, you guys, you guys gotta fuck. And then he watched the whole time. And then, uh, if anyone, if anyone wants to, uh... I'll shout out just some of my favorite bands just because some, some, they're not underappreciated. That's kind of a silly term, but I just, I'm, I'm such a nerd. So I'm going to shout out, shout out Witchfinder General, Panagram, St. Vitus, <laughs> Heavy Load, Fuck yeah. Lidge, <laughs> um, Dude, I played with the Obsessed. Music played with the Obsessed. Yeah, music played with the Obsessed. Shout out the Obsessed. Shout out Scott Wino Weinrich. They don't need our shout-outs. No, they, they don't. don't. None of these bands need the shout-outs. Shout-out Watane. Shout-out Walkin' Fest. Shout-out Obscene Extreme. Shout-out Chocolate Milk. Shout-out Kiss. Shout-out Esquela Grind. I was going to shout-out Esquela Grind. I was waiting to shout-out Esquela Grind. You took it from me. I was going to say Esquela Grind doesn't need my shout-out, but shout-out Esquela Grind. Shout-out Holy Grinder. 
Sorry I put those two back to back. Shout out Pain Chain. Love Pain Chain, Chuck Steak. Uh, shout out Austin from Mark Verdon. Mark Verdon. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> they can hear us the whole time. Yeah, shout, shout out Mark Verdon. I didn't know that he was on the other side <laughs> of the wall. The great blooper. That's fucking crazy. He's just fucking listening to us. He heard us saying shout out really loud. Shout out the interviewer for liking Judas Priest. <laughs> Greatest heavy metal band of all time. Shout out Iron Maiden. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Dissection. Shout right. out Lords of Chaos. <laughs> shout out the Lords of Chaos producers. <laughs> they played in the Sign of Evil, so that's fine with me. Shout out to whoever chose a Jewish man to play Varg. Fucking Varg! Shout yeah, out to this guy who played Varg for taking the role. Shout out Roachcock, they fuck. On the floor of a dirty basement. <laughs> Alright. And shout out Bughead.org. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout yeah. out Bughead.org. Oh, buy merch, buy merch, buy merch, buy merch.